0: Good evening. All right, that's good. That'll do. (laughs) Children, you are now excused to go to your Sunday school classes. um, As they make their way to their classrooms uh, together with their teachers, please make sure to turn off your cell phones. Make sure they are turned off or in silent mode. For the Facebook Live? Is that supposed to be there? There. Okay. Please turn your Bibles over to the book of Ephesians, chapter 3. Those of you who have memorized your Bibles, let me just read it for you. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, starting on verse 14, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted in and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and, and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God now to him who is able to immeasurably to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Our Father, holy be your name. We are grateful that we can call you our Father and we are grateful for everything that you have done and given to us and continue to give and continue to do for us. We thank you once again that you have given us this opportunity to gather together in this building with your people, Father God. This church body that you've chosen for us. And this gift that you have given to us to learn more about you, your will, and your ways for us. Father, we ask now that you give us wisdom. As we ask that, Lord God, we ask for humility, Father God. Please humble all of us. Forgive us, Lord, for all of our sins. Let nothing, Lord God, about us... About anything else that's making us worry or not concentrate, hinder us from hearing your message and for you to speak to us. Guide and teach us, Lord God, by your Holy Spirit. Speak to us, Father. Bless my preparations, Lord God, but please, Lord, supersede it. Supersede it in a way that you want for us to hear, and that's your desire, Father, calls for it. We want to hear from you, Father. Speak to us in your Son, Jesus Christ. Our Lord and Savior's name we pray. Amen. Amen. I entitled our message tonight, The Desire Within. The Desire Within. So some definition of the word desire are, you know, as a noun, it's a strong feeling or wanting. Wanting to have something or wishing to have something or wishing to have something happen. And then the similar words to it is want, hunger. Thirst, longing, aspiration, burning, need, inclination, and determination. And as a verb, it it says strongly wish for or strongly want something. We could say maybe someone, right? Similar is crave, covet, set one's heart on, need, required, chosen, and selected. Now, as we read Paul's prayer uh, for the Ephesian church earlier, he expresses his desire for them, for the Ephesian believers at that time, and for us, his, his desire from within, from his heart. As he says, his prayer is from the, that, he, that we dwell, that Christ will dwell in our hearts. Right? That's his prayer, that Christ will dwell in our hearts. And that we will be rooted in God's love. And that they will be strengthened and empowered by the Holy Spirit that indwells in them. And it's the same with us. That's, imagine, how many, of, how many times do you actually pray for someone else? Like you're, you have a strong desire not to pray for yourself and for your needs, but for someone else. And majority of them probably could care less about Paul right that can only be from god right when you're praying wholeheartedly and you have this strong desire to just pray for someone else and not you so that they will walk deeper and more intimate with the lord and then you know it's just like it's just like paul when he said follow my example as i follow the example of christ right so we should we should i'm saying that because we should Somehow, tonight, we're going to be talking about the prayer part of Paul. We're going to dig in more into it. What was in Paul's prayer for the Ephesian church and how uh, we can apply it to ourselves? So, um, sorry, I had to turn it on. Next slide. There you go. This is Paul's prayer. This was Paul's prayer. In his prayer that we read in Ephesians three, this is—these are the things that's actually in there. First Corinthians 11, 1 Follow my example as I follow the examples of Christ. Where, when he said, "Let Christ dwell in your hearts and let you be rooted in God's love," All right? So that's—if Paul is giving that and praying that for the Ephesian church, he has it in him too. He is deeply rooted in the love of God. And he has Christ dwelling in his heart. And everything about his life is for the Lord. For this reason, I kneel before the Father. I pray that. You see these verses? The next ones that I'm showing here. The the many times that it was mentioned that he's praying. He's praying. And he's following the examples of of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ... Before he went to the cross, and up to now he's praying for us, right? Did you know that That up to now he is our intercessor? He is praying for us by name. He is praying for us by name. And Paul wants us to follow his example as he followed Christ. And this is one verse, and there's 38 verses that is recorded. I shared this with the prayer warriors last Wednesday. There's 38 verses that is recorded that Jesus was praying and look here very early in the morning while it was still dark Jesus got up left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed where he prayed now if Paul following Jesus and Jesus praying constantly he used to pray constantly he still prays but when during this time got up very early in the morning because he knows he had a busy day right he always was a he always had a full day but he always woke up early and found a solitary place so he can pray why a solitary place because there's a lot of distractions imagine that there was no tv no iPhones no social media during that time, but there were still many distractions and he would make it a point that he would be by himself and he can pray with the Lord. Yeah, you know what's coming, right? And the question now is, how about us, right? How about us? Now, if we know, you know, every time I, every time we, we find something out, about the Lord, about His will for us, do you know that you are now being charged with that truth? Do you know that you are now going to be acknowledging that you have been told and you have been warned? So now it is for your benefit to actually concede to the truth and whatever you find out and whatever you've learned. It's just not for you to say, Amen, on Sunday and then get... and then leave the building and go back your old ways. Thirty-eight verses that recorded Jesus praying. Jesus praying, many more times I'm pretty sure that he prayed that wasn't recorded. And here in the ver- in these verses, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being how do you think you're supposed to access that power that is within you if you are disconnected with him through your prayer life Amen. how do you think like really there's there's this thing there's a sign the atheist an atheist tried calling jesus you know because he was in trouble and guess what he got a busy tone <laughs> i'm kidding Us believers, we have full access to God. Just think about this real fast. God is real. Let's just just pretend that God is real. (laughs) Let's pretend that God is real. And that He can hear everything that you will ask from Him. And let's pretend that He has the power to actually respond to your need according to His will. Let's just pretend. Wait, we don't have to pretend. If you're a believer of Jesus Christ, you know that it's real. You know that He can hear your prayers, and you know that He knows what you want even before you ask it. But then again, why are we too busy? Oh, Pastor Joe, you don't know my schedule. I go to work 5.30 in the morning. Very early in the morning. Are you telling me you're much busier than Jesus was? Who is more busier than Jesus here? Raise your hand. (laughs) If you raise your hand in your heart, God will have a talk with you tonight. (laughs) Seven billion emails God gets, you know, and He responds to all of them. (laughs) Is it ten billion now? I don't know. Now, Paul asked God the Father to strengthen the Ephesian church with the power of the Holy Spirit, which is in every believer who has accepted jesus as lord amen the lord part i want to stress on real quick most of us we like the savior part we don't like the lord part we like the savior part well lord please save me from my sinful self because i want to do it again i say amen with pastor joe on sunday and i go watch porn when i go home i'll go back to my old sinful ways If you accepted Jesus as Lord, the Holy Spirit indwells in you. The Holy Spirit indwells in you. The third person of the Trinity is dwelling in you, and the one true access, the one true way for you to access power in and get strength from Him to resist temptation that you will be facing, that we all face, is through prayer. Now, if you are perfect and you're not falling, maybe you can pray for me. Because other believers, just like Paul, when we saw Paul praying for the Ephesian church, he prayed for other believers. So if you don't have a problem, I do. Pray for me. Lift me up. If you really don't have anything in your prayer list, you say, Pastor Joe, I only pray two minutes because I really don't need anything from God. You know, come on Wednesdays and I'll give you a list, a whole list of needs from this church and some if you're living a comfortable life praise God there are people there that still needs your prayers and you know what be careful because Jesus said to his disciples pray lest you fall into temptation the spirit is willing but the body is weak so don't be too confident with yourself and with your self-control that you think you have and then you say I'm good, Lord. Maybe you can help Pastor Charles now. Maybe he needs you, but I don't need you. Be careful when you say that or you act that way because prayer is a necessity. It's like breathing for the believer. Amen. Praise God, Pastor Charles. I will miss you when you go. (laughs) When I need that amen, I will no longer get it. I hope somebody will take his spot, okay? As a believer, we are told to pray, right? We are told to pray. We have to believe that God hears our prayers and that He will respond to each of our requests so long as it is according to His will. Now, here's the latest story from the New York Times. I don't know if you read this. Did you guys guys read New York Times? Maybe not. Maybe you belong to a different party. (laughs) A bar, op- <laughs> a bar opened opposite a Christian church in downtown New York. Did you guys see this? The angry congregants of the God Loves Those Who Pray Fellowship Church prayed daily against the business. There was a bar that opened right across their church. Days, uh, days later, the bar was struck by lightning and caught fire. The bar owners sued the Christian church elders and the leaders for the cause as an action by their prayer. The Christian church leaders and elders of the God Loves Those Who Pray Believers Fellowship Church denied all responsibility. They said, we have nothing to do with that, Lord. Oh, judge. (laughs) So the judge commented, it's difficult to decide the case because we have a bar owner who believes in the power of prayer and an entire group of praying Christians that doesn't believe in it. The case was therefore dismissed. They couldn't establish anything. Why is it that us believers, professing Christians, don't access the power that is within us? How many times this week did you actually sincerely pray to God, other than your need, Lord, please don't let my paycheck be delayed. Let that direct deposit get there right away. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Okay. Next, what else are my needs? New tires, Lord. Give me new tires. Other than that prayer, how many times this week did you actually pray to God to help you resist temptation? For that one thing that has always been blocking you from growing intimately with your relationship with the Lord. How many times did you ask God, Lord, give me the strength to finally obey you and move to that next step with my relationship with you. And finally get out of this mold that I'm still serving the world and not you. How many times did you actually pray that? How many times do you actually pray don't answer that it's for you to examine yourself right what are always supposed to bring ourselves to a spiritual inventory it's between you and God now here's a quote from um, John Wesley the great John Wesley God does nothing except in response to believing prayer God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. We believe in the God of Moses that parted the Red Sea. We believe in the God of Noah that told him, build an ark and then get those animals in there. And then the dinosaurs missed it, according to Brother Atanas in his PowerPoint last Monday. Yeah, the, the dinosaurs, they, they, were, they, they weren't told. They went on a Wednesday, Boat left on a Tuesday. But God does nothing except in response to believing prayer. Believer, Christian, young, the little, Christ, the little Jesus in you, how many do you, how many of us do you truly believe in prayer? How many do you really believe in prayer? And if, you're, if your answer is yes, how much do you pray? Or are you just, are you just so comfortable with your life? you're just wait, waiting for a retirement? Lord, let me retire. That's your prayer. That's the most prayer you're gonna do, Lord. Let my portfolio go from here to there. In Jesus' name. So tonight that's the introduction, believe it or not. It's gonna be, be a long night, folks. The desire within Christ in our hearts. This is as we unpack the the, the prayer of Paul. It's actually not gonna be the points this evening. We're just gonna tackle that. Christ in our hearts. And in the next part, next Sunday, Lord willing, if we're still here, God's love. So, first point, Christ in our hearts. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. The Greek word for dwell is kato eko. Kato eiko. I don't know why I even do it. <laughs> to house permanently, it means it's to reside, it's to dwell. Is to inhabit Paul's prayer for them then and for us now is that we are not only be, that we are not only to be strengthened temporarily but we are to be strengthened permanently and for Christ to reside in us permanently not, not transient. You guys remember transient before Airbnb and V R B O, there was this thing called transient. I only learned this when I was young, and my mom decided because I live, we lived in Baguio City in the Philippines. It was called the summer capital of the Philippines, yeah, yeah, city of pines, and beautiful, beautiful city. That's why we had to go; it's too beautiful. Now I forgot how young I was when my mom decided to have our house, our apartment in the Kal- Kalalili apartment compound, apartment number three. She decided to make it as a to entertain this transient people for a week so me and me and my siblings I don't know if Jamie remembers we had to pack our stuff you know just enough for a week so I packed my Atari you know just the essentials Atari and the games you know my gun all my toys and then we had to sleep in this on top of our restaurant was a parlor a beauty parlor so we had to stay there you remember now Jamie We stayed there for the week. Well, this Chinese family moved into our home for a week. My mom's denying it. Is is she she objecting? (laughs) Now, after a week, they had to go, right? So that's when I, I realized and I was told they were just transients. Right? Now, and then many years later... We moved here to America, we were uprooted from everything we knew and love and people we hated too, you know. <laughs> moved here to the US and then upon arriving here we were given some documents and we were given a document saying you are now a permanent resident of the United States of America. So, looking at this verse, Jesus is not Paul is not telling us to have Jesus as transients or Airbnb just for the weekend thing. In your hearts God is Paul is saying that he wants us to have Christ in his prayer to to be a permanent resident in our hearts in our hearts now what's in our hearts is our 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 hearts our heart is our life basically everything that we live for everything that we live for now if we're going to discuss everything that we live for we're gonna be here till nine o'clock right for I'm uh, gonna be honest. But God wants us, Paul, God through Paul wants us to invite Christ in our hearts to permanently reside in our hearts, to be the one that we live for, to be the reason why we live. God is Paul is saying, make Christ dwell in your hearts permanently. Revelation 3:20 reads, "Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me." Revelation 3:20. How how That's from the Holy Word, right? That's Jesus really telling us that. He's constantly just knocking at our door, the doors of our hearts. Now here's a, the painting of Holman Hunt. Holman Hunt, Jesus at the Door. His painting depicts Jesus standing at the door of what appears to be an English cottage ha- that hangs in St. Paul, Paul Cathedral in London. There's a problem with your painting, Mr. Hunt, a critic is reported to have said upon first viewing his work. There is no doorknob. There is no doorknob on the door, if you guys noticed. Alright? Was he wrong? Yeah, there is no doorknob. Ah, Mr. Hunt is said to have replied, The door handle is only on the inside, for it's to the one within to respond to the knock of Jesus. Jesus will not force his way into our heart, He won't barge in where he's not welcome. Sometimes I wish he'll just kick the door, you know. He's a perfect gentleman. He knocks and says, If you'll respond to me, I'll come in and dine with you. But the choice is up to you. Now dining, you know, that's the more intimate part, right? If you're just trying to get to know someone you bring them new the coffee right or lunch if you don't really like them but you have to talk to them coffee right <laughs> right and then you pretend Starbucks is closed because it's too expensive for this guy right let's just go to 7-eleven you know meet you by select gas station but dining is intimate dining is for those people that you really care about right that you really have or you want that 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 Relationship. That relationship. Most of us have made the choice to open the door of our hearts to Jesus. And we said, Come in, Lord, come into the home of my heart. And then he did. And then to our big surprise, he wants to interfere with the things that it's in our hearts. What are in our hearts most of the time? Money. God wants to interfere with our money of us all of a sudden. He wants to interfere with our our hobbies, our life, basically. He wants to interfere with our relationships or how we handle relationships. Now, I put there, are they against God's will? Are these against God's will or have they taken the place of God in your life? So, imagine, imagine your heart, you open it to Jesus, now Jesus sees everything in there. David in, in Psalm 139, Lord, check my heart. All right? We we say that verse every time before we take the Lord's Supper, right? Lord, examine me. And sometimes we don't like, we don't like the results, right? When we when we used to uh, run a restaurant downtown, the person that we truly hated was the health inspector. Oh my gosh, it stresses the life out of Papa Gigi and me and Anna because the, the health inspectors are not Filipinos. They don't know how we do things with our food. They want us to thaw the meat on, by running water. They want that because they said the, the germs will build if you don't do that. Filipinos, we leave it there for a week, right? And then we come back to it, and it's yummier for some reason. <laughs> Pastor Joe's like, I'll never eat the Joe's house again. <laughs> no, but it's the worst when an inspector comes in and you know you're not up and up, but when we know we're ready, when we're ready, I always tell Papa Gigi, Pops, let that health inspector come in right now. We got everything working. I checked everything. You know, but when things are not right, you don't want to be inspected. You hate it. So our money Let's hit the money part. That's the most important thing. <laughs> Deuteronomy 16, 16, 17. Each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord your God has blessed you. Ooh. Let's go to the next verse. Maybe I'll get some courage there. First Chronicles 29, 14. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you and we have given you only what comes from your hand that's David there right and there's Moses who wrote that do we see money as ours or do we see money as God's yes I know we work for it I, I work for it too but it was God who gave me the strength he was God who protected me from the drive from Northwest all the way to Fernley have you, have you driven there It's like a life and death situation every time, to and from. People are crazy there. I think there's a lot of majority of the drivers are from California because they're just driving 85 when you're slow. It's God who protected me there. It's God who gave me my clients. It's God who made the lenders work properly and make the numbers correct and get it approved. It was God who made it close. And the commission that I get is all from God. Is it the same for you? <laughs> so when we say that, and then God says, give me a little of everything that is mine. What do we say? <laughs> Why? also <laughs> <Seriously>, Lord. <laughs> Are you serious? Ten percent? I mean, you have everything. Everything belongs to you. Do you really want? Come on. hundred bucks from me? Ask it from Joe. Why is it? If it's from us, it becomes difficult. But then look at David. If you want to see how much David gave for the building of the temple of the, of the Lord, it was a tremendous amount. And in his line here, he said, but who am I? Basically, essentially saying, I'm not even worthy I'm not not even worthy to give this back to you. And so are my people. We're unworthy people. Who are we to give this to you? But everything is from you. You gave to us generously. What is this? He He saw it as a privilege. Because he sees himself as an unworthy servant. See, that's the first problem. When pride seeps in into our hearts, we think everything is ours, so we have the right to keep it. My money, it was me who sweated. It was me who worked all that overtime. And I got bills to pay. God knows. (laughs) I love that when people say that. Pastor Joe, I miss church, but God knows. I know. (laughs) Praise God he knows, because I don't. But he does. How about this? About our you know hobbies or career. Now these are all good things, right? There's really nothing wrong with them. They become wrong when they become more important than our walk with the Lord. When they take the place of God in our lives, then they become wrong. How we read what Paul said. Because we are free. Christians, we are free. We are free to do anything. I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Right? You have the right to drink all you want. You want to drink? It don't, you don't lose your salvation. You want to be a drunk? You have all the right to be a drunk. You don't lose your salvation. You want to do drugs? Do drugs. You don't lose your salvation, but really, you have to ask yourself, how is that glorifying God? Now, if you see yourself, if you read the Bible, and the Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. The temple of the Holy Spirit. And then if you are to make Christ dwell in your hearts, are you really, with your complete honesty, saying, Jesus will be proud of me. In Romans 14, 21, it is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything else. That's where that's where the hobbies and career goes. Anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. You know, I hate to make myself an, as an example because it be, it gets weaponized against me by people when they don't end up. Right now, they like me and then later if they don't like me, they'll weaponize it. They'll use my example as like, oh, what kind of pastor is that? You know. But Romans 14, 21 for me, the biggest challenge for me here from time to time is, is my rage. Because before, I would not take any offensive thing that said to me, pass me by. I would always want to do something to that person that said something offensive to me. But then if I end up doing that now, just imagine your pastor hitting a guy because he said something offensive to his daughter, right? I did that. (laughs) I did that. I shared that. Remember when we studied Galatians and my topic, I was focusing on gentleness, and then God tested my gentleness or showed that my lack of gentleness? And he probably stumbled a few people, maybe a lot, maybe plenty, maybe some of you now. But see, I, I was free to defend my daughter, right? It was my right as, as a parent to stand for my daughter. But if you look at this and it causes somebody to stumble, then it becomes wrong. Right? When you're on Facebook and somebody says something offensive to your candidate, <laughs> and then you put down, okay, all Christianity comes off. Our gloves come off, and then boom, you charge. Right? You lose your testimony as much as I did. Right? We all have to see this part here as freedom, but yet we have to be careful. There's freedom for our hobbies, our career. You have freedom. It's, it's your time. It's your time here on earth. You can do whatever you want, but you got to be careful. Is it what God wants you to do, or is it going against it? If it's going against what what is clear to you because I'm pretty sure if you will ask God what he wants you to do he will tell you the problem is we don't like it when he tells us go to Afghanistan you're like what? also <laughs> <"Serioso>, Lord <laughs> what again me what you call Rommel he's been there <laughs> right <laughs> he's been there <laughs> right but We have to see anything that stands in the way of coming and walking more closely with God becomes an idol and becomes sin. So when we want Christ to dwell in our hearts permanently, some of these things must go. Correct? I know, don't say amen because you'll be charged. But you heard it, so it's the same thing. Whether you agree with it or not, it's the truth. Some of these things must go if they stand in the way of us walking closer to God, especially if He has called us to do something for Him. Third, relationships. When God goes into our hearts and we ask Him to dwell in there per- permanently, what does He see? Our relationships. Our relationships or how we handle our relationships right let me read it and then I'll go to my thing if you if your right eye causes you to stumble gouge it out and throw it away it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell and if your right hand causes you to stumble cut it off and throw it away it is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Now, is that the same for relationships? Yes. First, Christians do not yoke with unbelievers. Whether it's business relationships or any relationships, we are told not to yoke with unbelievers. That's in Corinthians. In regards to relationships, if you want to have sex, You marry your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Marry. Then you will write with the Lord. Because you cannot have sex outside marriage. That goes with you watching those pornographic movies. Or shows that you watch. That has those materials in there. Those have to go. Throw it away. If your Apple TV causes you to stumble. Throw it away in the Balikbayan box. (laughs) So it will go to your cousin. (laughs) Anything, right? Anything and anyone that causes us to stumble and not walk closely with the Lord, we are to let go of it. If we are to have Christ dwell in our hearts permanently, see, that's the hard part. If If you're realizing the truth of this, the weight of what Paul's prayer was, he says permanently, not occasionally, not on your holiday or your birthday or your anniversary or your time of need. Permanently, permanently, we are to let go of certain relationships that's causing us to stumble. Mark twelve thirty reads, And you must love God. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. See that this 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 is the greatest command, right? The greatest command. This is where we need to really examine our hearts. Uh, am I really trying to love God with my entire being? As, as Christ resides in our hearts permanently as he, as we examine as we let God examine and, and 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 Lord tell me tell me what's wrong with me and as he reveals it the only way that you can actually get through the get through it and get over it is if you make him your utmost if you love God cuz you will have a hole in your heart you let go of a relationship that's causing you to stumble you will have a big hole In your heart and the only person that can fill that hole is God himself if you are running after relationships after one after another and after another there's just causing you disappointments you're just like the woman in the well remember and she said give the Lord told her give me water to drink and then and then and then she goes you don't even have a pail and why are you talking to me? I'm a Samaritan woman. And Jesus said, if you drink the water from me, you will never thirst again. See, if you're falling into relationships and it's it's not it's not satisfying you, outside from God, any relationships will not satisfy you. Let me just say that. Even the married people will tell you that. There will be the first people, if they're gonna be honest, if their spouse is not gonna kill them after confessing it even even when you're married you can be lonely (laughs) even when you're married you'll be sad even when you're low because sometimes we marry because we're lonely and there's nothing wrong with that because Adam was lonely and God said it is not good for Adam to be lonely and he gave him a wife It's okay, but if you make your spouse your all-in-all, they will disappoint you. They will disappoint you. So all the more, if you're not married, because now your relationship has no blessing from God, and then you lose it, and then now here, this is how you complete yourself. You have to love God. Your, Your hobbies will not satisfy you. Your hobbies will sooner or later bore you. They will bore you. You will want the next new thing. You're like, man, nobody likes this anymore. Why am I still doing this? Why am I still playing golf? (laughs) Why am I still playing basketball? Why am I still hunting? you, you, You move to the next hobby, and hobby, it's an endless pit. It will never satisfy you. It will never satisfy you. You make a million dollars, it will never satisfy you because you want 10 million. Then you want 100 million. Then you want 500 million. Right? It, it, It will never satisfy you. God is the one that will ultimately satisfy you. If you truly love Him with your entire being, with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Heart, soul, mind, and strength. It is written, He said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer that's jesus in matthew 21 13. now you hear that my house will be a house of prayer then we read first corinthians 6 19 to 20. do you not know that your bodies are temples of the holy spirit who is in you whom you have received from god you are not your own you were bought at a price therefore Honor God with your bodies. And you put that together. Right? And then you remember Jesus' words to His disciples. Pray lest you fall into temptation. So, you're the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are to live your body for the Lord. And you are to pray so that you don't fall into the temptations of the world. Wealth. Right? Fame. Men. Women. Right? It's, you have to pray You put those two thoughts together from Jesus and from the Apostle Paul, both from the Word of God, and you can fully understand that Paul's prayer for the Ephesian church that we just read in the beginning, that we read in the beginning, and that we're studying, is for a complete, it's for a complete victory for the believer. The only true way for us believers to grow in our relationship for the Lord, with the Lord and for our, our, our relationship with Him to improve and for our lives to be lived for Him is if we make Christ dwell in our hearts permanently. And then the only way that we can truly have Him approve that house in there is that if we are prayerful and that we will ask for strength from Him that we will be able to resist temptations day in and day out. Hour after hour, moment after moment. Prayer is, is is connecting to the vine. John fifteen five reads, I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So we connect with the Lord through our prayer. Down on our knees. If you can there's there's no proper Christian posture. To pray right but when but when you kneel down you recognize your lowliness and then you look up and you see God the mighty God up there and if you can't kneel down anymore you kneel with your heart folks we are to invite Christ in our hearts to dwell in our hearts permanently and we are to live our lives for him but we cannot do that without prayer. Amen? Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your message for us tonight. We ask now, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit that is indwelling in us to give us the conviction. To convict us, to grab hold of us, Lord God, to make the message real. To give us the resolve that we are to live for your Son with our entire being. Lord Jesus, we surrender every single part of our lives over to you. Please take complete and permanent residence in our hearts, in our lives. Forgive us, Lord, for our sins. And we ask now, Lord God, that you remove the idols in our lives. It could be a relationship that we're holding on to that's causing us to sin. It could be a career that's causing us to be far away from you. Whatever it may be, Lord God, please help us remove them so that we can live for you completely. Lord, bless your people that are here in this building tonight. I pray for for healing for those who are sick, Lord God. I pray for comfort for those who are hurting. I pray for broken hearts, Lord God. I pray for broken relationships, Lord God. Mend them, Father God. We believe in you, Lord God. Hear our prayers, Lord. Hear our cries. Lord, may this church of yours at FICF be glorifying to you, Lord. May our lives be your signature. May our lives be the Bible, Lord God, that our co-workers, our friends, Lord God, our family will see. And I pray that we will bring them to our relationship with you. All of this we ask in your Son's mighty name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And the Lord, all the Lord, Lord's people said? Amen. Amen. Let's all rise for the closing hymn. Now, if you have any decisions you want to make this evening, if you want to accept Christ as your Lord, please come up so we can recognize you. So we can lead you to that prayer, I should say. If you've been visiting this church for quite some time and... God is telling you to become a part of it, please come up so we can recognize you. Or if you just need prayer, please come up so we can pray for you. Uh, Deacons, if you could please join me on the part.